Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We are here on episode three of the Mo Show, and I got her. I got her. One of my favorite friends of all time. This is Miss Raha Maharag. Hello. Can I just give uh, my viewers a quick introduction <laughs> on who you are and what you do and why you're here? And then I will introduce why I'm laughing and yep. I'm smiling and yep. I'm really excited about this. It's honestly a, a privilege and a great pleasure to have uh, Raha on the show. Raha is the youngest Arab and first female Saudi to ever summit Everest. And I remember when I like I've, I've asked him like, "Oh my God, Raha, you summited Everest?" You're like, "It wasn't the hardest mountain." <laughs> I was like, that "Are you kidding?" Across- <laughs> I'm talking about mountains on Earth. Uh, I don't know about any other mountains and other planets that you're talking about, but Everest, as far as I'm concerned, is the the most challenging, is it not? Mm, it's the okay. It's the highest mountain in the world. Yep. It's the one with all the glory. It's not the hardest. Not uh, the hardest. Not even by a long shot. Yani, they say all old timers in in mountain the mountaineering com- community say the second highest peak in each continent is probably the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Because you have Annapurna is second highest, I think, and other other second highest. So height doesn't necessarily make it the most difficult. Height makes it most maybe complex because it's just so big and it takes a long time to get there. But it's not the most difficult one. And even in even in my short climbing career, it's not the most difficult one at all. And I hate saying that because I sound like I'm being arrogant. But the the truth is, Everest is one of the most assisted mountains out there what does that mean okay so there are assisted mountains and non-assist mountains so Mm. there are mountains where you climb up and you have an assisted team a team that helps you carry your food your gear your tent and you pretty much need to just climb from point a to point b with the essentials on your back which makes the backpack pretty light not non-assist mountains are the monsters so yani imagine needing to carry all your gear your tent, your food, your fuel, and your clothes on your back. So basically you carry something like 25, 30 kilos on your back, and then maybe 15, 20 kilos on your sled, day one. And then as you eat and as you consume fuel, that that weight uh, decreases, but it decreases from the sled and it goes on your back. Right? If, like as, as it gets more and more steep, then you can't use the sled. It's going to pull you. Mm-hmm. So you have to put the, the weight of the sled in your backpack. So you're carrying around 25, 30 kilos. Wow. And then at that time in my life, I was maybe four or five kilos more than now, maybe 64, 65. Muscle? Yeah, muscle and fat as well. You need to you need to go into the mountain with fat to burn. You okay. need to. And I was never a fatty person, yeah. so I needed to put on weight, uh, which was fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't you know. You were always uh, in shape. You're always the volleyballer. The uh, you know the girl that was uh, you know playing <laughs> the playing girl that sports should have been a the, guy. <laughs> yeah, the only the only girl in a group of guys playing volleyball on the beach or, or soccer or whatever yeah. it was. I definitely want to get into the training that went into uh, okay. into all of that. But if you were to rank the the three toughest mountains in the world, if I was to say Denali at one, would okay. would you agree? So the our, okay, the the toughest mountains that I have climbed and the def- toughest mountain that I think are the toughest mountains. You didn't climb them all. I did, but there are mountains that aren't on my list that are tougher. Oh. So I'm going to tell you the toughest mountains that I have climbed out of first-hand experience. Denali is number one, two, and three. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. For many reasons, for me personally, yeah. Denali was a disaster. Okay. And for many other people as well. Yeah. It's a tough mountain for many reasons. It's The terrain is difficult. The weather is really moody. It's very cold. The culture on the mountain is very harsh. Mm. I, I've seen terrible things on the mountain. Like mm-hmm. someone was in really bad shape and then someone says, well, what did you think? 
this is Titan Denali. Like, mm-hmm. what this is the mentality. Like, mm-hmm. you suffer on the mountain. In addition to the the, the type of ice terrain, it's yeah. just tough. It's and, you, and it's an unassist, so you need to carry a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting to the point where I could be like, you know, 25 kilos on your back and then maybe 10, 15 on your sled, depending on the day. And then I was uh, 60-something kilos, including eight kilos of rope and water. So you're hauling ass and you're not walking around in Kurnish. Yeah, yeah. You're carrying that yeah. in boots in incline. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I, I realized that the mountain was no joke when the, the, the most extreme person I know and arguably one of the toughest person that, that that i know muhammad zahid went to shout denali out shout out to muhammad zahid absolutely he's he's a machine mashallah, mashallah alay. Alay. now this guy wakes up at, <laughs> at 4 a.m and he's yeah. in bed by 8 p.m and he's just so militant in his yeah. ways all right nobody can compete at his pace it's incredible yeah. uh me and him had the same trainer and 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 i picked my trainer's brain on him I'm like what's he like in the gym he's like he is a personified animal okay point is he went to denali yeah. all right and for whatever reason i know he has an altitude issue yeah He, he uh, also got sick. Someone he, got yeah, sick as well. Yeah, yeah. There was well, he pulled out of it two years ago, I think it was. They were scheduled to go back this the May. The same year I was there. 2018. The same year. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I got there a week after they left. Okay. Or, or I got there when they were leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It brings back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were on the same. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. I, I remember two years ago thinking like that. The, the only four or five crazy Saudis are there in the same time. <laughs> <laughs> They must think we're really adventurous until they find out that those are the only five <laughs> the Saudi only mountaineers. Five Saudi. Maybe six, maybe <laughs> yeah, five, six. <laughs> max. Um, so, so yeah, he, for whatever reason, pulled out and they were scheduled to go back this May, but then yeah. Corona happened yeah. and then they had to pull out. Corona. Um, where, so when did it all start? Last time, I mean, the first time I met you, you know, 2005, oh uh, you were, you were uh, finishing up school in the UAE. You were working, if I am not mistaken, in an advertising a- agency. Yeah. يعني the fir- actually, we met when I was in college. Yeah. Pajama. Yeah, yeah. We met, I was like 18 or something. Yeah. Graduated and then you went to advertising. Right? Yeah. I, I started, actually, wor- I started at Leo Burnett even before I graduated. I started at Leo. Because I was so excited to work at Leo Burnett, I actually went up to the Leo building, knocked on the door and said, hi, can I meet the head creative? I want to give my CV and I didn't, I didn't finish college yet. So I did and that impressed him and they gave me, a, 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 I was an intern, I think the longest intern they had, mm. and then they hired me. So I worked at Leo Burnett for a long time. A couple of years? Yeah. Four years? Five. Yeah, four or five years. Yeah. Which is a long time, but, yani, bef- Absolutely, yeah. before, time. yeah, before leaving and and decide, like I said, you know, quick turnover nowadays. So then, how do you go from from, <laughs> from that? How do you go from that to you, living? You moved back to Saudi yeah. with with brother Mo. Uh, Muhammad. No, here's the thing, Muhammad, who is, by the way, for people who don't know, guest one mm-hmm. of the Mo show. Yeah. Awesome, awesome person. Just don't tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure he doesn't get the feed for this. Uh, now, Shalom Muhammad is an incredible brother. Uh, we lived, actually me, my brother and my sister all were in Sharjah together. My si- my eldest sister, Iman, shout out to Iman, left and then uh, me and Muhammad were a year apart. So we, we stayed and then Muhammad decided to go to Spain to do his master's. And then that's when like the reality yeah. came knocking at the door. You know, I'm a young girl living on my own in Dubai. It's not, you know. And no, dad said it's time to bring Yeah, that's, dad said it's like, yalla, it's time to come back. Yeah. And that's, I think, when everything the gears kicked in like the panic mm-hmm. of realizing that this i i don't like that i i i didn't like that i was told i had to quit my this job and then go. i didn't like that i didn't like that it was like time i didn't see it 
I didn't get the point. Because you're too free spirited. Exactly, that. and I, I, and they're like, yeah, okay, and of course, like the the big M word, you know, you need to get married, mm. came up, and everybody was like, panic, you and know. You just kept deflecting. You know, me, me, middle, marriage, mid twenty, exactly, mid twenties, panic. Yeah. Out of this typical thing, yeah. and the more I felt the pressure, the more I was like, Are you still getting that? I mean, or have okay, you passed so, the point? Wait, let of- me let me get to the that, and then I'll explain. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a doozy. Okay, so <laughs> we got to the point where I had to come back. During that time, when I was writing my my resignation letter, I decided to do something crazy. That was mine. That was just for me. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea how to find this thing until randomly. I went online, I checked, I was checking for, you know, adventures, you know, stuff to do. I didn't find it. I wanted something to basically piss my parents off and prove that, you know, I just like, picked my life, you can right? Do it, yeah. yeah. Randomly, one day, a girl, we were sitting, a group of people, like random people. Yeah. Yeah, sitting yeah, down, yeah. there was this lovely lady, uh, Rowan. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Rowan. I haven't seen her in a few years, but yeah, she was sitting down talking about her aid trip coming up. And she's like, I'm going to go climb a mountain in Africa. I'm go- it's called Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. Yeah. And no joke. I was like, isn't that a fruit? No joke. I, I, I completely, <laughs> I had no idea. I thought it was some kind of fruit. And I loved that idea of, you know, going, first of all, I love travel mm-hmm. and I love cultures and I love these things and adventure and sports. So this is like tick, 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 tick. You live on the mountain? I asked her, like, you you literally, she's like, yeah, it's a company you pay and they take you. And I'm like. Light bulb moment for you. Perfect. Yeah. I decided that this is what I wanted to do. And uh, I never imagined that something like that would ever opened such incredible doors. I never imagined that that one act of like defiance would, you know, change my life that way. And, and my parents, my dad was like, I am telling you marriage and you're saying mountains. My dad's just, <laughs> my, da- my dad was just like, haram, Baba. Anyone that knows my dad's yeah. like, he's the sweetest, but sweetest. He, I think he had like, you know. Probably, he, yeah. He was yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Why, you, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Be normal. He's like, why? He, yeah. he, he initially said no. Initially, well, well, it's an, it's outlandish. That, the thought of going out into the middle of and, nowhere. And remember, this is like a couple of years ago before it became cool for yeah. people to go and do yeah. these things and it's like become more... Acceptable. Yeah. So I, I was like, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. And that's when this whole thing just exploded. Like I, I fell in love with mountaineering and... I found su- such pride in being able to, to, to pick the path I wanted mm-hmm. and not follow the typical mundane kind. And, and, and I'm not dissing anyone that did. If that's what you wanted, then that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And my mom always says, Erha, uh, explain that you are not against getting married. I am not against getting married, people. Because mm-hmm. I get this a lot. I'm not. I just, you're, you're just into something else right I, now. I just simply believe that when it's the right time, yeah. it's the right time, no matter you're on top of the mountain yeah. or in the city. What is meant for you will co- will go will come for you. You need to continue to keep moving, and you need to continue to evolve and to to have that hunger to live your life for yourself. And nobody should tell you. And when no you're one ready. should tell you because you can't. It's not something that you suddenly go ding like a toaster. Only you will know when you're ready. And sometimes even you don't because sometimes it just happens because they may gulu nasib. Absolutely. Know, you know, sometimes yeah. it just happens. Unexpected. 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 Yeah, you see, So I'm not against it. I just felt like during that specific period of my life, 
I wasn't ready for that like pressure of, you know, coming back or mm. I, and anyone that knows me, I'm, I'm not the most comfortable in the typical setting, like typical circle of our society. I'm not comfortable putting on. I love getting dressed. I love I love wearing dresses in my own terms. I'm not comfortable putting it on, going to a wedding, sitting down and having people gawk at me. I'm not, yeah. I'm not comfortable with yeah, that at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. So that was like one of the main catalysts was that age that every single woman hits. Mm. And I, I, I feel for every single, I would, okay, person, because maybe men have a more, more leeway, but we all go through it. We all go through that pressure of societal expectations of, you know, by this age, you know, everyone, you got to be there. And it's preposterous because, you know, your life is your own. You get one and you, you know, you, you can't force what's not meant for you and you can't wait for things that are not, are not, uh, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, it, it was such a crazy roller coaster for me to get to where I wanted to go, which is be a, an adventure yeah. traveler. So then you just banged out seven, seven mountains, seven <laughs> so, peaks. So I just, I came back from Kili. And it changed my life. Easy? I mean, was that just a stroll in the park? Um, look, I, I've always been athletic. So that really helped my background. Yeah. Kili is not an easy one. You can't say it's easy because you do get altitude. And it's like super steep parts? Yeah, you get hit by, you get altitude. Uh, you get hammered by altitude. What in is it in meters? Uh, or feet? How do you work? 5,000 meters? Yeah. Did you do any training on a local level? Gebel. So this is Kili. Kili, I had like zero. You to went there just yeah. fresh. Yeah. And then I learned I the hard way that there's layering. There's way to the way to, to keep your hands warm because people like me who have bad circulation mm. and your nose, you can lose your nose and your fingers and your the tips of your ears. I learned and I taught myself. So in the beginning, it was like driving blind and then when I came back from Kili I was like okay I'm going to teach myself how to do these things and these skills and I was in Jeddah at the time I had moved back from Dubai like wanting to so I remember Muhammad was in Spain Iman was in Riyadh and I was alone in my parents house my new boots came and they are triple la sportivas high altitude Olympus Mons my goodness yeah they're up to your knees they're yellow and black you walk like a penguin and it's like dig it's unnatural unnatural i had to break those in in saudi because it was ramadan right after ramadan i had to go in hayrauda or did you go to jabal suda back then you couldn't even go to jabal suda because it was like not as well as invested in invested in as now so i would wear it around the house and my mom would be like ramadan i would wear like a skirt and that everyone would be looking at me like and then I would actually wear it to the mall. I would wear a abaya and I would put them on because it's so hot. You have to break them in. You have to break them in because you might get blisters. And That's I'm walking around with like, Duke. yeah. I'm sure they thought, yeah, Latif, I had a problem or something. Yeah, yeah. And then all the looks in the gym here, Ayama, it was just the beginning of. I'm so, so proud to say that women's sports and women's athleticism and women's uh, mark in the sports world in the Saudi community and off. the Gulf yeah. has changed. Are we, Saudi women allowed to compete in the Olympics today? Of course. That's uh, yes. That's allowed. Well, you have to you're, you have to have an Olympic committee for the sport okay. for you to be <clears throat> eligible to go because you go through your Olympic committee. So not all sports yet have Olympic committees or have 
committees, okay. not yet. Mm-hmm. But we're slowly getting. We're slowly, we are. We're yeah, slowly Ho- horseback there. riding was one of the first, and I think we, we uh, were actually we got a first or second medal, or or we finished. It was. Uh, we got a medal in that in, in, in London. In London, we had equestrian, we had judo, we had a fencer, and track and field. Okay. I think these were the four. And then we had more things, I think, in the last one. I can't, mm-hmm. Shame on me for not knowing, but I remember I watched every single one of them. Uh, it's changed. Yeah. It's changed. So back then, تخيل, تخيل, like imagine back then I had to like break them in and then I had to ask the driver to take me far, far away. So it was hilarious. And I didn't have, like, I, I had just left my job. I didn't have like the budget to, do, to train with like fancy things. No one wanted to train me anyway. Mm. <laughs> so all I had was uh, my, my smaller boots, not the Alibismons, my half boots, my backpack. And uh, you know those wares that you use to scales, yeah, yeah. to scale bags before yeah. going? I had that okay. and, a, and a garbage bag. And I would put in the, the sand and every week I'd add five kilos. That's that's what I use to, to climb. To, to train, to, to strengthen, to your, strengthen core your core. And, core and conditioning, because you need to condition wow. as well, putting on the backpack yeah. and your shoulders. You need yeah. to condition your knees. You need to condition. Yeah. No problem finding sand? No, not that, that alhamdulillah, that was abundant. <laughs> ready, ready. Uh, and also <clears throat> heat is a kind of conditioning as well. Right. It's not the same as cold, but mm. being uncomfortable. Oh my God, absolutely. Being uncomfortable yeah. is a type of conditioning. Yeah. Because sweating, getting sweating, and then getting like skin rashes and mm-hmm. skin aggra- being aggravated from the sweat is part of conditioning because you get yeah. similar things in ice climate, yeah. just different reasons. Mm-hmm. So instead of feeling the heat is hot on your face, you feel the cold is hot. So it's the same kind of mental yeah. training that you need to do to get yourself but I don't think you, you will ever get yourself mentally prepared unless you do mountaineering. Mm-hmm. Yani, nothing, nothing replaces actual mountaineering experience. Yeah, you can study it, you can practice it. You can of, study but it. But until you're there in the wild. Yeah, you, you, know. can, you can get your body ready because it's important to, be, to have a fitness yeah. level. Yeah. It's important to, to, to have a level of fitness. You can't just be like, Sitting on your couch, chain smoking, mm-hmm. you know, not not fit, not not uh, not sporty at all. Be like, I'm going to climb that mountain, and yeah. I get messages like that every day. People yeah. messaging me on Instagram, saying, uh, I want to climb Everest. Where do I start? I always say the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> people kind of think I don't mean it in an arrogant way, but people come up to me and say they want to climb that mountain, and I ask them, What's your sports regime? And mm. they they do nothing. They don't do any sports, and they think that climbing is just walking. It isn't. No. It's a mixture of your mental capabilities, you know, your emotional strength, uh, your you know, mind over matter. Your 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 mind gives up way faster than your body. Your mind, because as soon as it starts to hurt you, we are taught to not do it yeah, anymore. The mind carries you. Exactly. So, yeah. as children, as soon as something hurts you, you you don't do we it. We react. We react. So, mm. as a mountaineer. After three or four weeks, you're, you're, everything's going to hurt you. Yeah. With regards to training, so with Everest, am I correct in thinking that you had to go twice, base camp, acclimatize, and then you came back to Saudi? I wish it was twice. Okay, so you don't go as far back as Saudi. So here's the thing. For those of you listening who don't know, Everest takes you a minimum of 55 to 60 days to climb. The reason being you need to acclimate. How do you acclimate? You do ascent, descent, acclimatization, which is basically where you go up and down, up and down, where you stress your body when you go up. 
the human body wants to survive at any cost. So you go from this to that, stress your body, you come back down, you'll have double the O2s, and then next time you, you go can higher, go further you can that, go further yeah. and further. Like a ba- like a like elastic band. Elastic almost. band. Yeah. If you go at first try, you're yeah, gonna you're break gonna it. it. But yeah. if you yeah. slowly do that, yeah. you slowly. It's crazy. It's insane, but it's a science. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good guide, like I did, shout out to Garrett Madison, who's incredible. So Garrett. Garrett and Vern Tejas, a legend in the climbing community, my mentors in climbing. I asked them. I said, "Would you think I can climb it?" Because I climbed with them. You had doubts. Wouldn't you? Yeah, of def- definitely. But, and they, but you climbed six prior to that. I know. So, but still, still, I came from zero to like yeah, climbing. Sorry. They both said you have what it takes to to get there. Mm-hmm. You have the you have the. I'm very for for how much of a like uh, outgoing bubbly person I am. I'm actually very systematic and very German. <laughs> You, you arrived half an hour early for the podcast. I know. I thought <laughs> I'd have time to I set up. Hate, I hate being late. Yeah. And when I'm in Masan, because I, I don't drive here, I didn't know how long. So I, I, I like being on time. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a character thing. So you need that in a mountaineering. You need to check your gear. You need to check your boots. You need to check your feet. You need, there's no laziness. It could be fatal if yeah, you're not organized. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no room, room for, for error. Being lazy, yeah, because yeah, yeah. being lazy might being lazy might mean missing something that's going to cost you your life. Okay. You know, you have to put in the big carabiners. And, so they told me you have that personality. You have that. You need more experience, yeah. but you do have that kind of yeah, like. Yeah. Plus, it's a team. It's a team spirit, a team team thing, mm-hmm. and you, you need to be able to have that kind of team spirit. And so I think how my many in your team when you're when you're there? It uh, depends. There are. T- I've climbed with three people, I've climbed with four people, I've climbed with 12. Mm. It takes a lot for you to get to mentally and physically and emotionally prepared. And then you need to go there and actually do the work. So a lot of people think that, okay, I'm on the mountain, done. No, you get to the mountain, you, you know, everything comes together. You have to really put in the time and you put in that. I think if you are stubborn enough, and I don't mean stubborn in a good way, because there is good type of stubbornness you can end up hurting yourself and maybe hurting others mm. if you don't have the sense of responsibility because you you don't climb on your own you climb on your team so you really need to be responsible so i urge everybody who wants to climb or is dreaming of climbing you can contact me on social media and mo will share yeah, it as well so so base camp once that's done like it's the final third like i think that's the time when you know things are going through your mind you're probably questioning why on earth you're here you're probably mm-hmm. questioning if you will make it out alive. Did, did such thoughts cross your mind? On specifically Everest or in general? Everest. Okay, so that thought of why am I here comes pretty early. <laughs> Upon landing. <laughs> Not landing because Saraha, the Nepalese people are an amazing people, incredible culture. You, It's be- pretty beautiful getting up there, right? Okay. Like the, the, uh, the base camp trek is one of my favorites and I'll probably do it again mm-hmm. in my life. I'll probably go back and do it again. You don't feel it yet, but a month in, you miss. I missed walking on flat surfaces. Okay. I missed the sound of the flush <laughs> because you don't hear it anymore. Yeah. You're in the wild. I missed being able to wash my hair and mount. And Everest is considered like luxury because you get people like helping you, and you get you get a shower every ten days. Okay. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I was worried lucky. that it'll be 60 days straight without one. Uh, no, my record, and please 
Mama, I hope you don't see this, is on Denali, it was 22 or 24 days of no shower. At that point, do you smell yourself? <laughs> oh my God. At that point, okay, wait, before I get to that, we were, ta- <laughs> we were talking about, okay, so before I talk about the smelly bits, because it's a, a real, true reality of mountaineering, okay, you get days where you're like, what am I thinking? When everything hurts and you're tired and you're hungry and everything. You just think couch. Yeah, I, I never got to the point where I thought I regret being up there. Okay. Because I saw how hard it, it was for my mom and my dad to let me go up there and okay. my family. Yeah, since you. It, was, it wasn't easy. What do you miss the most when you're up, when you're up there? Like the, the small luxuries. Like, like a, like like a, a penne nice, arbiata? Yeah, no, how that kid? Food, food for food, sure. I would imagine. Yeah, but... If, and then you, when you're hungry, you'll eat anything, right? Mm-hmm. So that 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 kind of leaves after um, three, four weeks. What you truly, truly, truly miss is the sense of being able to walk and go go to the bathroom comfortably. Or, normal, yeah, normal, normal, normal. Like seat. showering without worrying that my hand will freeze <clears throat> in my hair, which happens. Wow. The things we take for granted. Yes. Yeah, so when you're taking a shower and then the cloud comes and blocks the sun and then you get, you know, the water freezing and then you yeah. have to run out like, with your wet, with your pants and you with your jacket and go to the team tent and defrost your head. So these small things are incredible because they're part of mountaineering, but you take them for granted. You, you lose it once you're you out there. You, but I kind of like in the same way, feeling that way, feeling like you are a nomad and, and just mm-hmm. living minimal, right? But yeah, and then uh, other stuff that I thought initially were difficult for me to let go were very easy. It didn't bother me that I didn't, I didn't have my phone. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother me that I couldn't call. It bothered me that I knew my, fer- my parents were worried. That's a different thing. And you, could, and you couldn't put their minds at ease. Yeah, because you can't pick up the phone and call them anytime. Yeah. You need a sad yeah. phone. Yeah. And I remember a conversation about my dad. I'm like, okay, Baba. This is when I went to Antarctica. I'm like, okay, Baba. I don't have a connection. My sat phone doesn't work there. Okay. I have a Thoraya and a Redeem works there. And shout out to Thoraya. You get there and it's nothing. You have one phone for the team for emergency. So I told Baba, okay, Baba, look, there's this one. Hmm. Mama, Baba, this one. There's no communication. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you can't contact me maybe eight, nine days, maybe 10 days. He's like, okay, what happens after 10 days? I panic. I'm like, no, you don't panic. <laughs> you call the climbing company. Hmm. They will give you a link. You go on the link and you'll see the dot of where we are. And he was like, how do I know that that dot is you? And he's like, and not the team. And then surely enough, I went to Antarctica, long story short, 10 days passed, I couldn't call them. My dad called the company and the lady said, Mr. Maharak, we can see the dot moving, the blue dot moving, that means, okay. He's like, how do I know the blue dot is my dot? Explain to my dad's generation, poor thing. Anyway, so that was tough, but I was okay with not being able to check my phone. I just worried about my parents. Must've must've been therapeutic just to be detached from everything. And then just feeling you between, that, that between you and the outdoors is a thin sheet at night, is a thin sheet of tent yeah that's and then it. the whole day you are moving you're like a machine yeah you i truly feel like i get in touch with my true like ancestry so, yeah 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 it has enough like you're back in you know in the medieval days yeah, yeah. Like, even more older like raw you yeah. have your food fuel teammates okay you know you just i love that yeah. i love that camaraderie i love that sense so yeah. you know if for whatever reason the world ever god forbid has to go back to those days 
Some people will be able to survive, some people won't. And, you know, you'd be one of the people who can because you've been through the trenches. So funny enough, funny, ironic, sad, I got stuck uh, in Dubai when this whole started mm -hmm. for 50 days on my own. Okay. 50. And then when I managed to fly back, I was in quarantine for 10. So I was 60 days alone. I couldn't see anyone because uh, I was sick twice. Alhamdulillah, it was just tonsillitis. But I, I quarantined every time I was sick. And then I went to the airport and I quarantined every time I went to the airport and my flight got canceled. So I, I was completely, pretty much in 60 days, I spoke to one person who was my best friend who came to check up on me twice in this whole time in person. Wow. All the training I did in mountaineering helped for, for you know, being quarantining. And then you had people who quarantined for a week and they were like, oh my God. And I was completely alone for 60 days and I was like, chilling by the end i was like yeah i'm over it because yeah. it was ramadan i wanted to see my family but mountaineering teaches you skills that are beyond the mountain life we, lessons life lessons and especially teaches you about yourself a lot is there a part of the mountain uh that was like so challenging that you didn't think you're gonna get across like i've seen some videos of you Raha, where like you had to walk across a ladder uh in the middle of like a plateau and uh, I, it, the kumbu it, ice fall it's yeah it stayed with me that image yeah. it's called the kumbu ice fall so what is it? How do you guys set up? You throw a ladder across? Yeah, so the Kumbu Icefall is... It even sounds scary. Yeah, and I love the name, the Kumbu Icefall. It's amazing. It's the classical way, because there are other ways of getting up Everest, right? But the Kumbu Icefall is the classical way of crossing it to get to the, what they call the bottom of the Lhotse face. Is the North Face Everest? Of course, but it's not the side that I went on. Okay. The North yeah. Face is the, the, the Tibetan side, the okay. Chinese You Tibetan. asked for the harder route. No, that, there's no such thing as the more difficult and harder. The Nepalese side is the one that has the more support. Okay. So I chose that as opposed to the north side that has less support for my parents' sake. And just because I also, <laughs> I also wanted to go through the side that has more support. Correct. So yeah. you, you, the Kumbu Icefall, they call it the gate of Everest because that's where you have to, the first monster you need to you know, look in the eye. Call me crazy, it's my favorite part of the mountain. It's my favorite part of the mountain. It's like being in an actual Super Mario game. I felt like Super Mario. Uh, the, the ice doctors who are specialist Sherpas and specialist uh, Sherpas who are the people who live in ever uh, above a certain level in Nepal. They're mm -hmm. called the Sherpas. Sure, yeah. It's a tribe. Mm. The Sherpa doctors or the ice doctors, the ice doctors who are Sherpa, excuse me, are the ones that set up these ladders for people to cross and they are hair raising like they they, they like they lay it they lay one across it doesn't fit they tie two together and then they lay, they throw and then they throw them and then they're like a there's like a dip <laughs> and they're squeaky and they are like wobbly and you have to cross them with your boots and your your crampons so you have teeth in the bottom. Of I don't even know where to go. You have teeth in the bottom of them. My hands are not, my hands are like getting tingly. And they're like tiny metal. Mm. You saw the videos. I saw the video. But Moe's, I didn't finish it. Moe's but I saw obviously the like the tiny metal rods that yeah. you need to slowly. And I've seen people. Well, you attach yourself in case you fall. I've seen people fall. But they didn't fall to their death. Thank God, because they were attached. Okay. But it's a very long. There's no safety net on this. There's no safety net. And people have lost their I, lives on this. Yes, I've seen. Uh, I've seen. Kombucha I've rich. Seen, <laughs> kombucha. <laughs> kombu it's a death trap. Yeah, and it's. Inc I loved the kombu, and then I. It was just like a. 
again a video game for me. I loved it, and I, think I was it jumping takes someone from someone to love it uh, to do the seven summits. Yeah. Like if you're crazy enough I to do that, enjoyed the kumbu. You're gonna enjoy the kombucha. And the kombucha. <laughs> That's a dream. And then in the beginning, you so the first time you go through the kumbu, it takes you ten hours. Oh wow! First time. Not I thought it was like an hour's gig. Mm -mm. First time it takes you ten hours to set up to. I mean, it took us first time. Well, because you you're not used to it. You you're you're trying to gauge, but trust me, by the fourth or sixth run, it took me like four hours. Oh my! Because I was just like, okay, here is this falling thing. Here is that that and. Let's go. But do not take it for granted because the same Kumbu Icefall that I climbed killed, I think, 17 or 18 people a year or two after I was there in a matter of minutes. There was a huge slab that came down and crushed these the, the Sherpa doctors because okay. they were setting up the, the yeah. thing. But it's the mo- one of the most important parts of Everest is to train to cross the Kumbu. That's the, hard, that's the hardest no, part. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the hardest. It's maybe the most technical part. Okay. Uh, having passed the uh, the kumbu, the kumbu. <laughs> it's such a kumbu name, ridge or whatever kumbu. it's called, it, it's it's not like the hardest is is, is out the way. I, I liked it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people say it's the most difficult. Okay. I liked it. At what point are you like cliffhanging, where your 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 stomach is pressed across the mountain and you're you're literally climbing your way so up? So Everest is considered to be a non-technical mountain, a, a light technical mountain, okay. because you don't actually ice climb it. You have an ice axe and they teach you ice drills, like a self-arresting, uh, which is basically when you fall, how do you pull your ice axe out and self-arrest mm. on the mountain okay. so that you don't die and you don't fall to your death or pull your team. Are you into the movies, uh, these these cliffhanger movies? Yeah, of these course, I've seen movies? them all. Yeah. You saw Cliffhanger, the one with... Of course, with, uh, I saw Cliffhanger, I saw uh, Vertical Limit, I all saw right. Everest in the cinema with all my friends. Okay. And everybody was like, she climbed it. It was such a cute and embarrassing moment for me. But yeah, yeah, I've actually met people that are part of that story. Mm -hmm. Real people there. No way. Yeah, that they were actually telling me the story. You you get up, so you finish Icefall, the combo Icefall. You get to what they call Camp One. Mm. So Camp One is basically situated on top of the combo. Sometimes you touch Camp 1 and then go back down to base. Sometimes you sleep in Camp 1. It's part of the acclimatization. After Camp 1... You go through something called the Western Coombe, which is, to me, like a valley. It, it was like a microwave it, because you're, it was snow and then the mountains were snowy and then the sun was hitting you from all angles. Mm-hmm. So it, if the wind was not moving, it's hot. Mm-hmm. And I saw so many pe- poor people that aren't used to the heat. <laughs> Haram, have a hard time. I was okay. You were loving it. <laughs> I was chilling, <laughs> but it's still difficult because you overheat and overheating makes you slow. And if you're slow, you exer- exert, yeah, you exhaust, your yeah. yeah. Heat, the sun kicks your butt. Mm-hmm. This, you know, Are you sweating under all the gear yeah, when you're, when you're you, climbing? But you, you should not sweat under your gear. You should always temperature control. Okay. You should not be dripping inside your gear. That means you're overheating. Yeah, I get that a few times in skiing. You I'm need sweating. to vent. Okay. You need to learn how to vent. Yeah. I was very lucky, yeah, vent. I was very lucky. I was never the type that overheats. Mm-hmm. But if I did, it was usually my head because of my hair. Yeah. <laughs> the fro. It's, it's naturally <laughs> insulated. So I was I was wearing a hat and hair. Yeah. You know, I would I would, you know, sweat from my head because mm. it was just so hot. But after the kumbu, you go western kum, western kum, you get to lower camp three, and then you go through the lotsi phase. Is that the so the home stretch? So you get to the- not home stretch. I would say 
quarterfinals. Okay. Oh my god. So the quarterfinals is the 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 lotsi phase, and it's a steep, very steep, long, very long stretch of mm-hmm. ice. That can be really tough. And the day I went up, like, because you do it training, you go up half and come down. Mm-hmm. The day I went up completely, it was windy and I felt like there were shards of glass cutting my face. Nothing is showing. No skin is exposed. Uh, I don't. I wear a, uh, what they call a balaclava okay. or a buff yeah. and goggles because I need my face. That's a for sure. <laughs> there are some people that get lazy yeah. and they get burnt. The triangle gets burnt. So they put the balaclava the goggles and then they forget this i was like you covered it all huh yeah smart no you probably want to do that kill me yeah Yeah. well i'm lucky i only had frostbite once we can talk about that later it was completely my fault i was lazy uh yeah just a gust of cold wind oh no i'll I'll explain to you because it was we'll we'll get into that i deserved it going up the quarterfinals uh, i heard a rumor and i don't know if it's true and i know probably no better person to answer this than you uh, is it true that Bodies. they leave the dead behind? <laughs> How did I know he was going to ask this? Because you know I'm like... You know. Okay, so after you get through the Western Coom, Camp 2, lower... Uh, sorry, Camp 3, lower... Uh, uh, and then higher Camp 3 is above or halfway through Lotsi phase. Lotsi phase, you spend a night or two, depends on your strength. And then after the Lotsi phase, you go on to something called the the yellow belt. Okay. That was uncomfortable. Why? Okay. It was snow and ice, and I don't like the sound of uh, the crack. Slushy, yeah, okay. La, la, yeah. El, el, la, like in school, when the teacher used the to... Nails on a chalkboard. Nail chalk, so yeah. it's, your, your, your crampons are like... Yeah. Oh, and then you're sliding. Grip, no grip? No grip, because it's, it's rock. Well, that's a disaster. Disaster. Yeah. I've seen someone actually fall and nearly like puncture someone else's chest. Because you're, you're supposed to control your feet. Because okay. that's one of the most... So someone slipped in, in his... Yeah, thank God. Because for those who haven't climbed, the two front parts of the your crampons are really long. They're like this long. It's a funny name, crampons. Cramp, because they, they cramp on. Okay. Yeah. Right. Carabiner is a funnier one. Carabiner or carabiner. So that is that can puncture you. That can really... Someone slipped and... It, and yeah, it, and, and it luckily, luckily someone? it didn't hit oh, the person. God. Yeah, but that guy broke his fall by grabbing the rope while he was falling, and yeah. he had a gash of burn. Like, yeah, it was painful. It was either that or he didn't finish. He didn't summit. Someone. He had to. Yeah, because he was falling and he grabbed yeah. it, and he was gonna take three people out with him. So he he did that, and he he had to give up his no gloves. Gloves, but you're going down so fast, and the angle and was so. And that was it for him. He called it a day. Yeah, because you can. You he called can, it a month. Yeah, I think he. I think he didn't summit. I didn't see him after that. Anyway, so you get to the yellow belt, mm-hmm. which is like this rocky, beautiful. I have a picture. I'll show you later. Actually, you've seen it. Yellow belt and then the Geneva Spur. It's the two names are the, for the same thing, just different areas of yeah. the same. Yeah. So yellow belt and then the Geneva Spur. And then as soon as you get to the Geneva Spur, it, it plateaus. Are we at the semifinals now? Semifinals. A, I would. I would up. say semi. And I didn't even. I didn't even start from 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 uh, Lukla. <laughs> I didn't even. St- Lukla is the air. The the second most dangerous airport in the world. <laughs> so I didn't even start from Lukla. Is Luk- that is that below uh, base camp? Yeah, it's below base camp. Oh, so you land in Lukla and you have to hike from Lukla to uh, Namchi Bazaar. Namchi Bazaar base camp that takes eight days. It's a country Everest. Yeah. Oh my. Like, yeah, it is. And when people when people like think it's a walk in the park i'm like research it's it's Ooh, in their right so mind so many people think it takes a week 
I'm like, it, it doesn't even take a week to get to Lukla, which is, uh, sorry, from Lukla to, to Namche. Namche is the beautiful bazaar, amazing place as well. It's yeah. a beautiful bazaar where people trade all of these amazing things. Anyways, amazing. so you get yeah. to, you, you, get to yeah, you plateau, you get to the death zone. The death zone? Yeah. Where, uh, you, where you see bodies? Per- perfectly named the, the death zone because literally as you sit in the death zone, you are dying rapidly. We are not meant to function. Are we at 26,000 feet? You deal with feet. I don't deal with feet. I'm really bad. 7,000? You know what got me? The fact that Everest is pretty much at the same height of a cruising altitude. Of, of a 7x7. Seven, seven. Seven seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 29,000 I think it's feet. 14 Burj Khalifas. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. So, 7,000 So, so I'm, 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 I'm guessing you're at 26. Let, it meters is 7,900. Can you please check how... how... Uh, what did I call him last night? Can you can you double check Make these? believe Jonathan. Yeah. Can you check the Jonathan? <laughs> can you check how high uh, the death zone is? I would say seven something. Seven. Something. Seven thousand yeah. something. Death zone. Yeah. The summit is eight thousand. So I'm actually Jonathan. The summit um, is eight thousand eight hundred forty-eight. I think. Death zone Everest is at eight. The the, the point is generally tagged at eight thousand meters. You can you can say eight thousand because there are multiple like yeah, camps. Yeah, yeah. We were at seven thousand. I remember this because I have a picture of myself with the uh, altimeter. Okay. It said seven and change. Kaka. In meters, it's eight. So it's eight hundred. Sorry, eight thousand eight hundred and forty-eight. Yeah. So it's. The last 800 meters. Yeah. So it's basically the last leg of the tip of where the mountain is. Okay. So you get to the death zone. That's death zone. Yeah. It's called that because there are dead bodies there? A lot of people think it's called the death zone because the bodies are there. It is not true. It's called the death zone because you die rapidly sitting there. Because of altitude. Because of altitude. So then why don't they call the peak? uh, The the peak must be the even deather zone. It's the graveyard. My God. Yeah. The highest highest graveyard in the world. So you get... we, We... we got put on oxygen from lower to mid camp three, right? Mm-hmm. So you train to put the oxygen mask and designers of the oxygen mask of Everest, please make some for Arab profiles. <laughs> <laughs> it was not for an Arab nose. It was like... Was it uncomfortable? It was bruising me. Ouch. It was, I have a small face, so it curved. Okay. The mask came and curved because if you have a wider face, it will spread out. It, it won't, you know, bother you. It bothered you. How long did you have to tolerate this thing? Hours. But you nothing... have to sleep in it. There's you nothing worse s- than having uncom- an uncomfortable gear to put to up with. You have to sleep in it. You have to actually sit in tent and sleep in okay. it. And I, I, I was putting padding. I was cutting padding from my mat, <laughs> from my sleeping mat and sticking it. Because <laughs> it, was, it was hurting me. It was, that was quite creative of you. You, uh, yeah, I can be attached to your creative yeah, side. Yeah, I can be has, very creative. I was like, you, you know, really like freezing in the death zone, cutting the thing yeah. on and like sticking it because it was it was uncomfortable. And then you wear it at night. You wear it for like twelve hours or whatever. Anyways, cold factor, cold being a factor at this point. Freezing. No matter what you wear. Freezing. No fire. No nothing. No, we ha- because of lack of O2s, uh, gas gets. Uh, depleted very quickly okay so in order in order for you to boil water at altitude it takes you i don't know quadruple the amount of uh fuel than sea level so what are you eating if you're not boiling water so by the time you get well base camp is different each camp has a different system of food Mm. we don't have time for to get into that 
by the time you get to the death zone, you literally eat like out of out of a, ba- a bag a baggie that they open, put in hot water, and you just go. Like, and it tastes better than you, anything you've ever had. But you're you're so everything is on low. Hmm. I found a video of myself sending a video to my mom and dad that I don't even recall, you know. The one at the peak? Yeah, not at, in, in the death zone before we did, on the summit night, I, I took the camera and I okay. was saying, hi, mama, hi, dad. And I, as you can see, I speak really fast. I was like, hi, mama. Hi, mama. And I thought I was, I thought I was fine. So you felt the lack of oxygen. You feel it. You're slow. You're sluggish. sluggish yeah. And it, everything is heavy. And then the gear. And then I was. I, in my mind, I was imagining the tent blowing off because there was a rip that started to rip from the tent. Okay. And I was in full fighting gear. I got to the I, the same clothes I wore and from the camp three, I was wearing for like four or five days. I was wearing the whole thing minus my thick boots. I had the liner boots on, mm-hmm. liner gloves on. I I was paranoid. I had gloves in my in my person. I had gloves in my summit suit. Yeah. I had gloves in my backpack. I had gloves everywhere. Because I was worried one would fly off, and I was in my sleeping bag, like, you know. Yeah, just trying let, to stabilize. Let's go. You know, I was in my sleeping yeah. bag. Oh, I was was in, there any worry that the tent would fly? Yes, or? because we have limited amount of tents. So, for example, if it flew off, me and the person that was in my tent would go with other people. So we're three, not okay, two. Okay. Yeah. But if that flew off, what do you do? You can't be four or five yeah. people in the tent. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like <laughs> fighting gear, waiting for them to call the summit call the summit push how long are you waiting there for uh, it feels Days like it felt like hours? an eternity it felt but, but it was a matter of hours it was a it was a it was a like a day half a day it wasn't long i can't tell you time is weird up yeah. there i can't There's no reference no because i was just it's constantly like, daytime isn't it yeah no no Do you see Ant- antarctica is constantly daytime uh, when you climb okay. it. yeah yeah but yeah. every no, you get it you get a night but you're so hyped and exhausted and emotional and charged so i was just like yeah okay, on okay, edge okay one weird thing, I eat a lot when I'm climbing. I don't eat much in my real life, but I eat a lot when I'm climbing. But, but of course, I mean, can I think you imagine it's the cold. I think not it's, only that, but how much are you burning? I know, but I ate more than even the guys. It was weird. Mm. I actually won the eating it's, competition in Antarctica. Is it stress eating? No, I think I was just constantly cold. Okay. I was I, my body temperature was never stable. So food, you'd, you'd, you'd get a sense of warmth when you eat. Yeah. Okay, so that explains and that. Then, it's one way for you to fight the cold. And then fall asleep, yeah. You subconsciously fought the cold by eating. eating. And then I just, yeah. you know, eat. Anyways, yeah. sitting down, waiting for, you know, you know, summit, summit. We, we don't know when the summit called because the team tent is not us. We have a team tent, may, you know, main guys. Mm. They take the decision. Sherpas wake, wake you. Sherpa came, you know, sh- tent shake. We shake the tent. I had an amazing Sherpa who I, I called him my shadow because he was with me the entire two months. His, wow. his name was Angnurbu. Angnurbu. He was your best friend. Yeah, he was my shadow. Yeah. I, I called him noodles for the longest time because I couldn't say I couldn't say Angnurbu. Yeah. Yeah. He was the same height as me, maybe a little bit shorter, but mm-hmm. man was this guy incredibly fit. So I owe my summit to him. Uh, thank you so much for your patience. He came up to me and he said, Didi. Didi means sister in the police. Summit, summit, Didi. Okay, summit. I was like, okay, summit. He literally, you know, I opened the sleeping bag. Uh, again, another very interesting thing a lot of people don't know. Out of respect on uh, Mother Mountain, because it's, it's, it's uh, sacred for the Nepalese people, uh, non-married couples 
it shouldn't be in the same tent. So out of respect, my Sherpa would never step in. He would just open the tent and check up on me. So out of respect, uh, he would be like, okay, Didi, summit now, okay, let's go. So I, I stuck my, my feet out and he was checking my feet in the tent and I was putting on my gear. It was like the movies and mm. putting on my gear, checking everything. He checked my feet, I put the, you know, he's like, okay, Didi, let's go. You know, he was in, an incredible. How did you feel? I mean, you must have been like- Pumping, like you- Charged like you've never been. Yeah, charged and just, you, is, it, is this happening? Is, is this happening? really happening? Yeah, oh yeah. my God. We're oh, on, it's just we're like, on. <laughs> and everybody's, everybody, you can see, all you can see is headlights. Like okay. people just- Dark at this point. It's dark, yeah. So you have to always climb Bef- way be- uh, at the middle of the night when the weather is stable okay. because the weather is stable when the temperatures don't change right. right so when the sun comes up temperature changes wind is the enemy uh wind is the enemy uh and a blowout if you get a snowstorm mm. and altitude is the enemy as okay. well at that point okay Didi, let's go everybody's like everyone's moving everyone's putting on gear okay let's go let's go garrett team lead team the head guy was like okay you on this rope you on this rope and he was putting everyone together you literally have no time to panic like you had to if they think if he looks at you and feels that you there's something off you're you're being he'll call it he'll call it in mountaineering terms they say they'll take your boots okay so they'll because there's some people attempt yeah so for example if the head guy tells him you can't climb he puts the boot on and climbs anyway. So they say they take mm, your boots. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if he feels that you have to be like on it. Out of protection for you. I'm and everybody on the mountain. Happy to hear. Yeah. yeah so many people have died on the mountain. So yeah. Yeah, let's go, let's go. And gear on everything. And then you start climbing. He looked at you and you looked ready. Yeah. He came up to me and he was just like, you know, you're good, you're good, you're good. Everything's good. Uh, you can see, you can clearly see fatigues inside mm. it, on people's faces because it's just raw, raw. You know, you've been climbing for uh, a month, <laughs> to a month. Uh, sorry, two months. So you're, you can see it mm. if someone has it or doesn't. He cut people already before that. Oh, he did. Oh yeah, he cut. So people. no one's safe. Yeah, yeah. Really. he cut people before we got there. Yeah. And this is what a good guide is. Yeah. Is you need to know. Anyway, we get to the line, and then we start climbing Everest. And I and it was a full moon. That night was a full moon, and I'll let, Mo, I'll never forget this. It was a full moon. And I usually have a, a, a habit of not looking up. I have a habit of not looking at the altimeter or the watch when I'm climbing or up because I don't like to get... Condescended. Yeah. I don't like to get like overwhelmed. Yeah. But it was the first. Did so you look? I did. So I looked up. Can you bashir? It was this, the most surreal thing I've ever seen. What the hell did you see? The mountain is so high and big. Of course, you can't see the peak, but it's night. It's hazy. A little bit of the light of the moon on my left. You see the trail of lights ahead of you, the teams that went ahead of you. So you can see what is human. So you can see the lights. But at some point, it's so far up and the the cloud is clear. The Mm. sky is clear. I couldn't differentiate between the headlamps and the stars. I couldn't. That's how high that thing was. That's I crazy. couldn't, like, I, I could see, you could see it moving, and then at some point, it's as if they became stars, because that's how, like, that's how tiny they become. Like, it's crazy, right? And then slowly, as we started, You're uh, painting the picture really it's well. It's incredible. Mm. It's, and I, I, no matter how much I try to, you know, convey, it was surreal. 
it was surreal. So seeing that, and then slowly as the, the night progressed, the moon started to climb. So you could, we're climbing and you could see the moon. Illuminating what's in front Crazy, you could see it like on my left. Wow. Because <laughs> you're so high and it's it's because it, of the angle, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's below you. It looks, it looked, un, you could see it. It's as if you, you could almost walk to it. It That's was crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. insane. Yeah. And then here I am, Binti Hay Rawda, like yeah. attempting this mountain. <laughs> um, surreal, surreal. And then you, you start to climb, you slowly start to climb. I, I always take my own pace. I'm always slightly so, slower than everybody in the beginning. Because I believe you should start and finish with the same yes. amount of energy. It's good advice. So a lot of people are like, bah, 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 you know, going yeah. up. They probably yeah, fizzle out. Yeah. And I'm chilling. Okay. So this is like 9, 10 at night, you start, you know hiking, you know, slowly hiking, steeper and steeper and steeper. And like eight, nine hours later, the sun starts to come up and that's when it becomes tough. So a lot of people... Because temperature is changing, with temperature changes, changing, wind, cloud, wind. ice. Actually, before I got to the summit, uh, sorry, before I got, before the sun came up, I remember um, we had a ritual. So when I would sit, he would check me, I would check him, water, uh, uh, snacks and water. He had put a boiling water in a thermos, boiling. Okay. By the time we got like ten hours or eight hours later, it was <laughs> not boiling anymore in a thermos. And I was so lazy. I was I was thirsty, and I I wanted to drink it, but I was too lazy to to because I'm attached to the mountain with the emergency rope. Yeah. I was too lazy to to like get up, switch to drink it with this with the wind behind me yeah that i tried to drink it with the wind <laughs> it was just it just went it did oh God. It just it the wind carried that yeah it just went turned to ice in yeah. seconds so i had to get up and like do the thing so extreme. it's crazy extreme check he checks me i check him we do our thing it's like scuba diving but yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Know, buddy hand system. signals yeah buddy system whatever on one of those stops he was acting a bit odd so I was like, what's up with you? In my mind. Did he offer to take his boots? No. He was acting just a bit too cautious towards me. Okay. And then I realized that he was avoiding. So I was looking around and then I realized that I think the, the, there's a body. That's where the body starts. First one you saw? Yeah. I, first and last. First yeah. and last. The only one. Yeah. I didn't look. As the, you know, the, you know, how can I say this? If you don't look for them, they don't find you. The bodies. Yeah. Okay. Because they're covered yeah. in snow. The great Vern Tejas, who is one of my climbing mentors, prays every year he climbs Everest for snow so that he doesn't see his friend because he's it's still up there. Yeah. Into Thin Air, if you read the book and saw the movie. No, uh, but it gives Scott, me Yeah, Scott. Vern prays that it's snowy because he doesn't want to see him. I don't know if he's still up there or not. So if you get injured, if someone gets injured and they're you know, in the last 10%, is there any, is there any options for recovery? What kind of injury? Like, I don't know, like a, a knee, for example. You know, you need your knee. Knee stuff. Knee stuff. Anything, I mean, anything above waist. Mo, you're so exhausted. You can barely carry your own self. I remember my eyelashes were hurting me. Wow. The, yeah. I was exhausted. Yeah. Well, I wasn't exhausted, but I ached. I was very lucky I wasn't exhausted. I ached. Everything ached. So if you are in trouble... 
in a part of the climb that's dangerous, you are go- you're going to be left. So there is no system to send a helicopter for someone with a broken leg. A helicopter, because of the, th- the thinness of the air, can only go past maybe lower upper camp three. Just 6,000 meters? Yeah, below seven, maybe so seven and a half max. After six, you're open sea. S- maybe seven and a half if there's a crazy okay. you know, cop, uh, um, uh, pilot. I think there's only a handful of times, maybe one or two times where a, a helicopter reached the summit, but they stripped it. It had special blades. The pilot went on a diet, I think. To get it, what was the reason? What what the air is thin. What was the occasion for the helicopter going to the peak? I think an ego run. I don't know. I think he just wanted to say I got with the Red Bull guys. Yeah, or it's crazy. So you're on your own. So when I I get these messages on Twitter, why did they take a helicopter? It cracks me up. Like why did they take a helicopter? Yeah. yeah so what... you're you're pretty much on your own, and and guides will try to help you, but they won't put their team at risk. Okay. They are responsible for their teammates. So if you pass, and I will explain to you what happened to me, because I find I found one that I wanted to help a person. Anyway, so we got to summit, blah, 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 and we, we can skip all that. You, If you see, so Garrett knows I have, a, I have a really soft heart and I wanted to help everybody. On the way down, I kept wanting to help everybody that I thought was tired. He kept saying no, he kept saying no, he kept saying don't, don't. And then I finally picked one. I picked the tiniest person. It was, I think she was from Asia or something. She was in bad shape. And me and Nurbu helped her down Mm -hmm. to her guide. And her guide had left her. He just left her. I think he was tired as well. But you really, I was in good shape. So I skipped the part, which is really important, the, the summit. So you're, you're on oxygen, right? You have a, you have a oxygen that you're using. I had an oxygen that was spare, and Nurbu had his oxygen and spare, and a spare for me. And there was another oxygen bottle at the ridge for me. Okay. Okay. They lock it with a lock, and it's mine in case anything happens because some people steal. So I had uh, my bottle, one bottle spare in my backpack, bottle spare with Nurbu, and a bottle spare in, in, uh, in the ridge. Thank you, Dad, for the extra oxygen bottles. Uh, they are really handy Mm -hmm. you get to a point so after the sun comes up i gain speed i always gain speed after the sun comes up because it's my element i'm comfortable i don't i don't feel overheated so i i gain speed i started to to to, you know pass because it's considered rude to pass someone incorrectly so if you want to pass someone slow you have the right but safely i started to pass people blah, blah and we get to the the beginning of uh the hillary step the famous Hillary step, the same step every single person who has climbed the mountain from that side, including Edmund Hillary and Tanzing Norgay, have climbed. And then I got to there. What's it, the significance of this step? When you get to there, what, how far are you from summit? So when you stand at the beginning of the Hillary step, you see the ridge and you see the summit. Okay. But it's far. How, how, how far are you talking? I you, can't. You I can't. In meters, yeah? You can't say meters because it's like teeth. It's like jagged oh, teeth. Okay. You can't really specify. Hour? Hour? More, 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 more. Three, four. More, more, more. Because you are you are not climbing on your own, right? You're not like walking. No, you're passing people. And there are some, there's a video of me. You have to see this video. There's a video of me. You can take the girl out of Saudi, but you can't take the Saudi out of the girl. So I'm in full summit gear. And it's my turn to climb a very dangerous part where you're literally like hanging and then it's the abyss. 
And I was waiting patiently because the person in front of me kept slipping and I was worried that this person was going to slip and puncture me. So I waited for this person to pass. I can't remember if it was male or female. As I was waiting, this guy comes, passes my Sherpa and tries to pass me. <laughs> and the Sherpa, my Sherpa has a GoPro and I have a GoPro. So he, he, he perfectly captured and I'm completely dressed in my summit gear with goggles and everything. You can't tell who it is, but the mannerisms, this guy, I was like, <laughs> in Saudi, the Saudi just- Like, what are you thinking? What are you I'm doing like, here? <laughs> like, you could clearly see that this person, yeah, yeah this person's well, from the Middle East, because yeah. I was so angry at this guy who, so I told him, you go back, you know, I did my thing, we climbed, we got there. Uh, one of my favorite memories is I showed my dad, my dad, my parents the summit moment I got to the summit. Uh, can, I, can I say this part? Because I've, I've been dying to share something with you that stayed with me the moment I saw it. Aww. So um, I could see that just years of frustration of work, you know, like just work when no one knew you were working, training when no one knew you were working, burning the midnight oil, being uh, starting at Kilimanjaro, then going to your second and third and fourth, Elbrus, Melbrus, wherever you went, and then you got to Everest, and the moment you got to the peak, the summit, I don't know what, who filmed you, but you pulled out your Saudi flag, and then you said, this is for Hassad Maharag, and I was like, oh my God, you know, it, like, that was Denali, was, that was my seventh, that was Denali, yeah, that was my seventh, yeah. Thought it was that Everest. was my seventh. It definitely looked like Everest because at the it was top. emotional. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about Denali. That was that was the Sorry. most emotional time I've ever been on the mountain. That summit, I'll, and I'll explain to you. So, Denali is uh, my monster. I I couldn't. I Denali was my monster because the first time I attempted it for many many reasons. Long story. We shouldn't get into it. I, I couldn't finish. So the, the second time I got to Denali, it was a battle. It took me a long time to get the courage to go back to Denali. And my dad wasn't feeling well at the time. Alhamdulillah, he's much better now, but he was going through a lot. And as soon as I got there, so I was, I was anchor. So I was the last person in both lines, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very good position to be. It means you're a strong climber. So I was anchor, which means I'm last. So I could see my teammates slowly getting to getting to the summit, getting to the summit, and then it, when it was my turn, they were clanging their their axes, axe, and saying seven, seven. Khayr, people from all over the world. Wow! Uh, it, the emotions just got to me. Seven in response to the it seventh was my seven summit. summit, yeah. Ah. And I got to Denali and I pulled the flag out, like Mo said. Wow. And, and I'm not the crybaby emotional <clears throat> type at all. And you know me. I'm no, not. you are. I've seen you in movies. No, I, I no, never, I'm I've never I'm cried know, in movies. I'm messing with you. No, actually, I'm not. I'm not. There are, there's like a handful of triggers that make me cry. That's it. These four or five things, that's it. And I don't cry outside that. Mm -hmm. But this was just an emotional like. Yeah, you were bawling. Yeah, and I took out the flag and I'm like, this is for my this dad and my mom. I think I said something like for, for everyone that... Knew, knew I was insane, insane, but still loved me anyway. Yeah, that was the line. Crazy. I, I had, no, I, I was not. It just came to you. you just, yeah, yeah, it was so unrehearsed. It was, yeah, it was I, raw was, I was once. not, I was, I was, I was, emotionally, everything was just like, ah. And that was the seventh summit, right? It was a dream after years and years of, of fighting and hard work and pain and 
missed weddings, missed events, yeah. and like. So if we were to compare now Denali and and Everest, you know, you you stressed that Everest was not the hardest. I can't say it was the hardest. I can't say It's crazy how how ignorant you know even I am because like when you don't know anything about anything. Like we, we just assume that, yeah, that Everest the is the hardest. Yeah. Everest, ever, nobody wants to climb any other mountain in the world yeah. than Everest. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like the ultimate point on anyone's bucket list to it's get a, to It's Everest. like everything in life. If it's a known name, people want it. Yeah, yeah. Got to base. As soon as I got to base, I, I, I have my traditional thing I do. I won't mention the brand, uh, but I, 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 I have a, a fizzy pop drink that's my favorite after mm-hmm. each mountain. So the Sherpas came and were giving me a fizzy pop. Uh, most of the Westerners had beer. Mm-hmm. But in my case, they got me with... It was so cute. Everybody had... They had like a, a beer... Dr. Pepper? No, it's not Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Everybody oh, had yeah. like a like a cooler for yeah. the beer. And then they came with my fizzy pop yeah. drink. And they're like, here you go. And they knew that it was so cute of the Sherpa. That's amazing. Because they asked me and I didn't know why they were asking me. Anyway, so I got my, my traditional F- thing. Fix, yeah. Got to base camp and then Raha, they're like, everybody's looking for you, Raha. Everybody, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure my parents are going crazy. They're like, no, 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 CNN. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, I was like, this is the comms tent, the main communication tent. I'm like, yeah. come on. Like, I was just like, you know, I thought he was kidding, right? So I went in uh, and I asked for food. I went in and I was like gorging myself with like a burger and fries, yeah. you know, really starving. And then suddenly the comms guy comes in. He's like, Raha, you're on on CNN. He was screaming and I was I, ha- I literally grabbed like a handful of fries and I was eating the fries <laughs> as I was going to the constant. They sat me down and I was literally like just had finished like fries and then you know you can hear the CNN song in the background because I can only see the interview. I, could, yeah. I couldn't see what's on what people see on TV. They can see you though. Of course. Okay. And whoever's watching can see the whole graphics of yeah. Saudi woman. I, I just saw this one person. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy. It's surreal. So so this was like an hour after you No, no, this was like a full day after. Full day after. Yeah. News news got back to Saudi that the first Saudi female yeah. had summited Everest. Yeah. The youngest Arab. Yeah, because the team called the monkeys. The team the team was like, oh, my God, we're so excited. We have this girl on our team. And they, they did it on my behalf. I didn't know. I didn't okay. know. Uh, of course, uh, as I was stuffing my face with the burger, I called my family and I, I, you know, told them the news. It was really hilarious. Like the phone call with my family, I, I called, Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. I made it. And you can hear in the background, la, 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 la. like everybody just screaming. Ah! Yeah. And my mom's like, how are her fingers? In the background, like, does she have everything? It's the cutest thing, like Zaharit. And like, everybody's like, ah. It was so cool. They must have been on It was edge amazing. Everybody was on you, edge. And then yeah. uh, my sister called me, my brother called me. It was, it was such mm-hmm. a beautiful moment. And then mm-hmm. um, that's when it hit me, when they were like, CNN's looking for you. I was like, why? <laughs> did you anticipate fame? No. You didn't think it make up? It makes me laugh when people say she did it for the fame. Listen, everybody. If I knew that when I got to the Kathmandu airport, in a, when it, you see, you see, you ever see that video? Hilarious. I come out of a Wanette with my backpack. Which is a pickup. Which is a, we, a, an ugly pickup. Like, a, a not ugly, a, a just not a fancy pickup. So can, the, the word is derived from 1.8 liter engine. If so you don't know. Us in Saudi have abbreviated it to a Wanette, and that's how we refer to a pickup. Fuck. And it's an actual Mo, Wanette. If you see the video, it's hilarious. And I, and I show up, and then there is cameras everywhere. I looked like crap. 
I hadn't showered and I don't know how long my, I was exhausted. I was tired. 12 days. What do you mean 12 days? This is 60 days. This 60, is Everest. 60 days, but you said the longest you've been without was 23 days. Yeah, that was Denali. Oh, Everest was, was even longer than no, that? No, I was shorter because I could shower and base okay, before fine. it. But yeah, no, Denali. Yeah. But basically... So, yeah, you looked like you needed yeah, a shower. So, like I need more than that. And everyone was like, everyone <laughs> was like, that. yeah, she did it for the fame. And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Trust me. The quicker ways to get famous. Yeah. <laughs> then to One that doesn't involve being on a month being for Being on months. a month for two months. And yeah. then, um, anyway, so I got back and that's when it started to really hit me. And I was uncomfortable. Because there's so many people taking... You grew up with me more. I'm, mm. I'm not... My, Muhammad, the, 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 yeah, the, the, spokesperson. the spokesperson, Iman's the darling. Mm. I'm the like, you know, I, I have my close group of friends, but I'm not really like them. I'm, you know, I adore how they are, but that's, I'm not the, the center of attention type yeah. of girl. Yeah. And people don't believe that when I say that I'm not. Um, I was uncomfortable, like cameras in your face and interviews and everybody was yeah, just like, no, it's, uh... it's uncomfortable. So I did the interviews, I did the thing and I was complaining. I was sitting that I finished sitting down after we got to the Yak and Yeti Hotel, which is like the, this famous hotel. Mm-hmm. I actually had, I met Reinhold Messner as well the same day, a uh, legend uh, in the climbing community. And I was really upset. Uh, and a friend of mine said, he's like, stop complaining. He's like, you always wanted, because we, we were there t- 10, you know, uh, uh, 10 people, 12 people. Three of us became really close. Unfortunately, we lost touch now, different you know, lives. But he, he's like, I've heard you talk about how passionate you are about sports and how much you want to change sports in terms of mentality in, in, in your country. It's like, you have a chance now. You have a chance to... You have a platform. You have a platform. Mm-hmm. You have something to stand on. He's like, yeah. do the best. That's good advice. Yeah, and he said that to me. And he, Martin Greeter, he's in, really, he, he just looked at me. He's like, change it. He's like, mm-hmm. you, you know. And that's when it started to hit me that this is something i can build on yeah. it's not just a one-time fluke thing where i can just like you know oh i climbed it's what people love to talk about because it's an incredible mountain but it's not it's not my legacy i i have more more i've built more than than just everest yeah it opened doors as well i mean so many doors brands uh, you know so many you're, you're a brand ambassador but later later on. in the beginning so no, you but climbed in 14 13. 13. Everest was 13? Yeah. Uh, Kili was 12. Okay. And then um, I know Tag Tagor. Tagor, right? yeah. yeah. Your, your... Uh, shout out to my Tagor family yeah. who have been incredible to me over the years. So in the beginning, big brands didn't want to touch me mm-hmm. because it was just like, if you, are, if you were known and not a singer or a makeup artist, as a female, I mean, singer, makeup artist, or an actress, you're a fashion person, yeah. right? Yeah. They didn't have much of an influence as, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist much, especially when I started. Now it's changed. So nobody understood or saw the potential, except for a very few brands. And yeah. it's all started with Louis Vuitton. Haya Akhtar, if you're listening, Habibti, I miss you. Haya Akhtar suggested me uh, as a as an individual to be featured in the Louis Vuitton celebration, they had a campaign. They were celebrating. I can't remember how many years, twenty years or something. And I was the character uh, personalities that they photographed and put in this exhibition. And that's where my 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 PR career started. I started doing more and more uh, fashion events because if you are up and comer like me, you don't have a budget for for PR. You need to piggyback on other brands. So that's what I did. And alhamdulillah, I have amazing friends that suggested me. 
over the years, mm. I wore every single chance I got. I wore Bamba. <laughs> I wore Bamba every chance I got. And all, that elevates you, right? And then as I slowly started to build my platform, because ultimately I wanted to be a, a known as an adventure specialist or athlete in the region, right? Yeah. And then I got picked up by uh, Lipton, which changed the game. Number one tea in the in the region. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Lipton is in every Saudi house, pretty much. Let's is it, say. Is it in the West? I, I haven't seen it in the UK. It's not. I mean, it's it's still prevalent in the in other parts yeah. of the world, but it's ingrained in our culture, yeah. our society here. Mm. So Lipton made me the face okay. of Lipton green tea, mm -hmm. red and green tea, and iced tea. No. Yeah, for like a year and a half. Yeah. You didn't see any of these ads because I've seen so many people who are watching the Champions League. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're so sick of seeing her face because it, it used to continuously come up in the Champions I League. Didn't, I didn't catch it. I mean, you I caught uh, yeah, stuff was... on a local level, like what you did with NBC. That uh, was later. So before even Lafat al Mamlaka. So I'm explaining to people the, gra the how much work gets put into building your, your profile. So Lipton picked me up and then r right before... Lipton, I had met the team from, from Tag Heuer and built my career with Tag Heuer. In the beginning, I was not signed with them. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, I was just someone who's collaborating with Tag Heuer. Yeah. But we built a relationship and, a, and an amazing chemistry, me and the Tag Heuer team, that the head, the head of the team, her, her, she's amazing, her name is Anclea, she convinced headquarters to shoot a, a clip with me to convince headquarters to sign me mm -hmm. because they were like, Saudi girl climbing. German company? Yeah, Swiss. Uh, Swiss, Swiss, yeah. She's like, they're like, um, we don't see it. She's like, okay, let's, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Relevance. Well, we flew to Switzerland for three or four days, shot the whole thing. Wow. It's one of my favorite projects I've ever done. Sent it to Switzerland and then I got signed. Amazing. It's incredible. That's like awesome. walking into the, the, the office in Switzerland and then seeing Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, uh, seeing uh, Patrick Dem Dempsey, Chris Hemsworth, and me, like, because they have all of their ambassadors. Come on. From, yeah, from, wow. from all around it's the world. Flattering. Incredible. They have a, they have a very famous uh, Russian uh, like street artist. They have DJs. Mm. They have uh, right now they have the Tag Heuer Porsche team as well in, in FE. They have Andre Lotterer. Just to see your see your picture up there. I it's mean, just it's... to see my picture up there. Like this girl from Hayrauda from Jeddah. And yeah. I was just like, it's surreal to yeah. be able to, to follow your passion to, to where you've always... I've to get there, yeah. I've always... Want, well, you've, you've known me for like, how long? I've 15. always... More. 16. About that, yeah. Yeah, I am a Jama. Like yeah. It's been yeah, like 16, yeah. 17 years yeah. now. I've always wanted to be an adventure athlete. This yeah. is the thing I've always wanted to do. I've yeah. always been creative. I never imagined that my passion for, for, for that would lead me to the career to this, because yeah, slowly know. brands started to book me and I started to be to do more speaking events. I started yeah. to do this and that and that and that. And then suddenly one day NBC came no knocking and mm -hmm. they're like, we want... You, you just, I mean, you nobody could have foresaw this in you know, climbing mountains would open such doors where you are now a public figure where you feature in, on in a the, show what about... what I wanted, in, which in, is adventure. In an area that you enjoy, yeah, being adventurous. A adventure, travel. It's it's everything. It is, I mean, there's nothing more adventurous than mountaineering. Yeah. You know? But because I have an experience in mountaineering and I have an experience in other stuff, like I'm a dive <clears throat> master, I horseback ride, because of these things, 
it opened the door for me to be a spokesperson for the region yeah. Yeah. in terms of adventure and for women, for women to realize that you can mm-hmm. have a career in TV and in sports that isn't necessarily fashion or a singer or yeah. an actress. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I mean, listen, you, I mean, you became a, house, you became so, a household name <laughs> the moment you finished. And oh. I, I remember a tweet from three years ago on the cusp or on the verge of when uh, women were, were allowed to start driving. Walid bin Talal sent a, uh, a tweet saying, I don't know what the name of the pilot the was. So it's called even like Rima has flown a plane. Someone else has has done this. Yeah. Raha has climbed, climbed Everest. Everest. When are females going to yeah. drive cars? And I was like, for Walid, okay, to refer to our <laughs> Raha, you know, as uh, as I mean, if she did that, I was it's like, time. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's time. It's and, an incredible mo. Like, I I I still don't grasp it completely. Like. Mm walking around people recognize me i went to pick up my new id with a mask on you know and sunglasses no way he recognized you. she recognized so i went from the picture on on the computer no i went and said excuse me salam alaikum where do i go to pick up my id and she said desk number four and she said Raham Harag. No way. I swear to God. Face mask and glasses face mask and glasses i'm like how did you know she's like your she voice must be a stalker she said your voice Iman, my sister, was ordering a cake. Your voice, okay, that's I can buy that. It's it has a specific tone. Yeah, yeah. I guess. no, no, it's it's unique. And not maybe not in a good way, but anyway, <laughs> like I talk fast. That's but fine. anyway, my sister was ordering a cake, and the driver gave the phone to the lady so yeah. that my sister talked to her. And my my sister Iman did the order, and then when she hung up, the lady said to the driver, "Is this Ramadan?" Wow, that's my so sister! <laughs> it's it's an honor. I have people yeah. sending me videos of of the you know people watching the show. Mm-hmm. Mo has sent me cute videos uh, mm-hmm. of your son watching and you watching. Yeah. It's incredible. I I was on a shoot last year. This is like this story gives me goosebumps. And mm-hmm. if I never get any compliment about my show or the work I've done. I'm happy because of this guy. This guy came up to me and says, um, he was part of the crew. We finished, we shot, it was, I was doing campaign. This guy, very politely, Saudi guy came up to me and said, Raha, I don't know you, you don't know me, I know you, I watch your show. I'm very, I'm very sorry to ask for this, but do you mind if you can just speak to my mom on the phone for two minutes? Just quick, I'm like. Shush. You would though, I mean. You, I would. You, you absolutely would. I would. Yeah. Listen to what he said, he's like, she is blind. And she watches your show, and because you're so expressive, and your tone of voice, she loves watching that mm-hmm. show. And I just want her to know that I met you. Wow! So I picked up the phone. It's touching. Yeah, I said hi, assalamu alaikum. As soon as I said that, I said I said the first sentence. She's like, Raham Harag. Like, I. That's everything, isn't I it? I crumb like it's everything. Yeah. That's full circle. She's blind. She she doesn't see, Skin, and she watches. She listens to the show. Yeah. And it, like, it took a long time more for me to get here. It took a long time for, for for women in general mm. to get to this point where we are recognized as we can be anything we want. Yeah. And now we've, it's Today. become yeah, it's become more and yeah. more. What's the word? Acceptable. <laughs> Acceptable, and there are more options, and there are yeah. more, there are more and more girl, girls in sports. There are more and more fathers being yeah. understanding, and mothers being. Understanding. You know, if your father let you say we lived in in, in two thousand, okay, your father said, okay, you can go climb Everest, climb anything you want. All right, you can climb the one on Mars if you want. And that's and, something I want to do. <laughs> I bet it is. We'll we'll get into that if we have time. 
coming back having done all that you might not have gotten you know the government or the country or just the acceptability on a social level yeah. as you so so you kind of climbed it at the perfect time yeah you know you finish it and now you can parade it you know you can celebrate it and you'll have people in the country that'll celebrate it with you someone once told completely yeah i agree someone once told me he's like you climbed it in the right time because you you fought to climb it and then you were celebrated after you climbed yeah, it isn't yeah. you wouldn't have been celebrated in 2000 no and it would have been it would have meant not so much yeah. in 10 years yeah did the government get behind you any initiatives here to it was of course I think like everything, it needed a little bit of time and a little bit of like understanding. But yes, obviously, in the end, I did get the, 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 the recognition. I did get it. It wasn't, I have to say, it wasn't as immediate as uh, yeah. my other climbing peers. Yeah. Because I can understand it was a new thing. In the end, I did get it. And now, it's been a few years, I still get invited to, to represent and to, to you know, on a high level. Yeah, I'm a Special Olympics ambassador. Yeah. I walked out on the first line of the Special Olympics twice with the Saudi flag. Yeah. It's it's an incredible groundbreaking. Yeah, it's an honor. It is groundbreaking. It's an honor to be able so. to live live my life mm. how I imagined it to be. Experience and and practice my passion mm. and also be able to change mentalities and change views and I I'm not just talking about views Internally, I'm talking about international views mm -hmm. because every time this comes up to people, whether I'm sitting down with friends in Madrid and they love to show off that, you know, my, my history and you have people on the other side of the table being like Saudi Arabia, climber, what? Like, it's incredible. Yeah, stop messing around with us. Yeah, it, it, they don't, it's kind of like surprising, yeah. but I love that. Yeah. I love being- Changing the narrative. Changing the narrative. I, I call it killing the stereotype. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I also love that a young girl now in this era, this generation who's coming after us does not need to fight the battles I fought. Yeah. She doesn't need to start from minus 10. That was your famous line. You know, you're happy that you're the first as long as you're not the last. And, and, and you're seeing that you're not the last because girls are following your footsteps. Of course. Shout out to Muna Shahab Habibti. She climbed last year an incredible... Everest? Yes, no way. An incredibly human being, an incredible person. There she climbed go. it last there year. You yeah, go. You inspired and someone that. that but that I, didn't. I didn't inspire Mona. Mona did it on her own. Habibti, I love you. She's my mountain sister. Mona, that's all you. Mountain I can't, sister, I, I can't take credit for that. <laughs> but it, I, it means that we're, we'll, me and her will not be the last. And come on, uh, my my co-host from Lafat al I call him my my TV mm -hmm. my TV brother, Saud al Al Aidi as well. Climbed it last year. There was a bunch Amazing. of yeah. Last year we had an incredible amount of Arabs climbing Everest. Yeah. And that's how it should be. It should yeah, be so many people amazing. that you can't count them on one yeah. hand. Yeah. I, I think we've, we've come a long way, Mo. We've come a long way. The amount of options and, and mashallah, it's incredible. We have a climbing club. We have a, you know, we have a more uh, growing um, community of girls. I get messages all the time from mm -hmm. people saying, look at my daughter does this, look at my daughter does that. She wants to be this, she wants to be that. So I don't think, I think uh, we are, like full speed ahead and there's investment infrastructurally in areas yeah. like Taif and Abha yeah. where if you want to pursue your passion being mountaineering or climbing or or whatever uh, you can do that we have a gem of a, a typographic country it's being exercised a gem yeah uh, shooting Lafat al-Mamlaka I did uh, you saw yeah which is which I mean in English you spun around the country yeah so basically it's a show called Lafat al-Mamlaka which means around the kingdom I did two years ago I did a 
a test for, I think NBC was trying to figure out mm. <laughs> if a girl can do it. So I did a five or six episode test and then I got hired to be one of the main hosts last year. So it was two months of going around Saudi, experiencing it as basically a tourist. I've never seen that side of Saudi. We have unbelievable untapped potential yeah. that is being tapped in now. The geology of it. The, the, geo- yeah, the topographic beauty, yeah. the, the landscape, the variety, yeah. the variety of the, the different types of rock, the different types of, of canyoning and it's lake sea snow in, in, um, incredible we don't have snow. we don't have lake 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 we don't have like a actual we have lakes but we don't have like running rivers an actual okay yeah right, we yeah. have lakes but we don't have we us and most of the gulf don't have rivers yeah. so we don't have like running but we have beautiful lake locations and a, a, a pristine beautiful like waiting to be discovered just like a treasure trove of location. Every time I post about it, my international friends, whether they're climbers, divers, uh, pros, are all like, where is this Yeah, can we come? They're all like, this is an incredible, and now, Mm. mashallah, with all of the activities that they're doing Mm. and highlighting Saudi as as a a location, I think it's going to change. And the Ministry of Tourism have like invited some of the best drone flyers in the world. It's incredible. And just to get that perspective of of drones from Madain Saleh or up further towards Tabuk, Beautiful. Some, uh, uh, a few years ago, they did from Suda. The, they invited yeah. all of the uh, base jumpers. Base jumpers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Suda, yeah, they invited yeah. them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, and so on and so forth. It's just going to continue. Yeah. No, no. The, I mean, sky's the limit so now for us. So much. Sky's the limit now for us because there is a belief that we have underutilized the gift of our country, which yeah. is the size of maybe three Texases. It's massive. All right. What do Saudis do when summertime comes? Yeah. They get on a plane and they go. We never gave it a chance. Yeah, it's now, changed. because of Corona, everyone's stuck here. People have discovered, including me, I've gone to areas that I've never been to before. Yeah, I saw your post recently. Yeah, I was in, uh, where was it? Just outside of Taif. But anyway, something that's gorgeous. I mean, they don't see a day over 29, 28 degrees. Yeah. You know, it's cool. Uh, whereby in Jeddah, it's about 45 degrees. So, But I think, I think because it's come from all directions so mm-hmm. it's come from the top down from the top, yeah. and also because of the situation that's happened it's come from all directions and mm-hmm. because people are uh, you know we are going through a difficult financial time mm-hmm. and, and 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 is going to really help improve the infrastructure that yeah. you know that's needed for these areas to be more and more uh, and it was time to open up for tourists yeah you know people go come from all over I, the- one of the episodes i don't know if you saw one of the episodes i invited my best friend maria mm-hmm. And she was my host. So the show, I would go around Saudi and I would invite international guests to see the the, the city I'm in, yeah. right? One of the episodes, which is the Ula, I invited Maria, okay. my best friend from Spain, who I've been dying for her to come see it. And just to have that, to experience Al Ula with her. Oh my God, oh, I've yeah. experienced Spain. I've been all over Spain. Yeah. She was so happy. She went back and told everybody, I went to Saudi Arabia <laughs> yeah. with my sister, with mi hermana. And, you know, she is an ambassador now. She she talks about the people and she says it's... And it changed her it perception changed her of perception. Saudi. So yeah. many I'm people... Sure she had a completely different impression of Saudi before she well, came. She, well, she's my bestie. So she she obviously had a good good idea right. about it, but she didn't imagine it would be that yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And she didn't imagine the people would be this nice. Okay. And I think this is a thing that I get on my social media every time I log into social media. I get some weird questions about the region and I, and I accept all questions that come from a place of curiosity, but there are some questions that come from a place of ignorance and those are the ones that need fixing. So there's a lot of questions that come up and I'm like, oh my God, 
you know yeah um so i've got about maybe 15 or 20 minutes left and i want to get through some questions okay. with you okay i want people i want to give people the opportunity to get to know you oh better my God. all right so i'm gonna fire away some questions at you and i'm nervous you uh you uh you have to answer okay you don't okay you know i don't want you getting out of anything if you could have one superpower what would it be to manifest any superpower i want Ooh, she's special this one <laughs> recent show you binged on we're in a pandemic so i was really me and my family were being socially responsible so pretty much netflix <laughs> pardon the plug dinner with anyone dead or dead or alive who would it be and why? oh very hard i can't it's, it's a good question though. it's 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 a good one it's a good I, there's so many incredible people it, it's really really hard because there are it, there are characters that you you read their story or you you know you hear about them and then they touch something in you that change something in yourself. Mm -hmm. I have many of those. I can't pick. You can't pinpoint anyone. I can't pinpoint anyone. It's um, what's that? Uh, uh, Amelia Earhart. Um, well, I would love to know what happened to I hope her. I yeah. pronounced it right. Um, oh God, she didn't end too well. She Amelia Earhart disappeared. Yeah, she went yeah, in the balloon. Yeah, she well, not, uh, not balloon. Uh, airplane. Airplane. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think it was a Cessna. I mm. can't remember. In case you're wondering, mine would be Denzel Washington. Now. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to have dinner with him. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard for me. It's really hard. Well, I would. Can I? Can I play the? Okay, I have a. I have a crush. I have. I won't say who he, who he is. I have a celebrity crush. <laughs> that i've had for years and i'm pretty sure me and him would hit it off <laughs> because Ooh. i can't i'll tell you off air no 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 i want the scoop it's so embarrassing okay what if i meet him and then he sees this how about you meet him because of this no it's so embarrassing i picked up a uh, first of all i've crushed on this guy for years mm -hmm. i'm sitting down waiting for an appointment i picked up a magazine i was reading interview he did we were reading the same book in the same time wow. and and he had a parrot like the one that, okay you're into you have a I love, yeah, yeah i have a parrot i love my plus i've always been crushing so i would have dinner with him okay do not ask me who he is off air god <laughs> actor yeah actor yes my brother and sister are going to be laughing because they is know he I, single i hope so <laughs> i hope so so you're telling me there's a chance i hope so okay the question here but i think i know the answer to it a moment you'll never forget summit everest you would think or is it just way too shallow you would obvious? think okay you would think it's everest denali is pretty up there okay. finishing denali is pretty up there but I, I this is going to sound like a broken record because i always say this because it is one of the most incredible moments mm. of my life and it's not on a mountain it's not in a a very special place mm -hmm. it was in jeddah airport when i came back from everest you know those typical airport doors yeah typical ones just, yeah, yeah. The moment they opened and I saw my so mom and my dad's, there. my mom and my dad's. That was face. the best moment of your life. That was, yeah. I think, I was so nervous because I got so much hate on on social media. My phone exploded uh, when I was in Nepal and I was trying to manage my emotions and I was really worried about everybody's reaction and mm. my dad's reaction and I was really nervous because uh, and I got lots it's of a lot going on, a lot going on, yeah. and I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to shame them. Fair, fair enough. All I could think about is shaming my family. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh my God, how is this going to go down? Yeah. So coming back to I them. I landed, yeah. Coming back, then the door opened. And he was... That was the finish like, line. Yeah. I couldn't... No, it was a new trophy altogether. Yeah. No. It was, you know, I, I, I have I have eight eight summits that mm. I've climbed. Seven, seven of them you can see and touch. One that is in me, which is being able to live 
the life I wanted and win my parents yeah. over and get them on my side. On board, they, yeah. they joined me in my madness. I mean, till this day, my brother and sister think I'm insane and I love them for- I'm for, in that group. Yeah, yeah, I love you guys anyway. Everyone's, everyone has a point of view. My, one of my aunts still thinks I'm nuts, but they love me anyway. And I think that's, that's what, how it should be. Yeah. Uh, my dad once saw a video of me freezing, like shaking. He looked at it and then he looked at me. He said, I, I don't understand why you do this to yourself, but I understand that this is what you want to do. And it's accepting. Yeah, and I, 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 they, they will never understand. Sometimes you will never understand what your loved one does, but... I'll take that into consideration, you know, when my son is older and wants to do something, I'm going to remember Uncle Hassan Maharraj, yeah. how he's like, I don't know why you do it, but okay, I'll, yeah. I'll support I'll you. This is what you want. But my my mom not, and my dad, yeah. like I, I could see in their face, I, I couldn't see a single line of, you know, anger, or frustration yeah. or, or shame, nothing, nothing. Yeah. They were you just, came out on top, like they were it too, wasn't shameful. It actually, the opposite happened. They were too you proud know, parents. You, you, yeah. you put our country uh, on the map, you put Jid on the map, you put your family's name on the map. It's crazy, yeah, to, Nira, to that it's, moment uh, is so that's, special. Yeah, that's amazing, it's amazing. You should be proud of yourself every day. Thank you. Uh, this one's slightly deeper. Mm-mm. If you could change one thing about the world. Just one. It's a bitch, this one. Yeah. I wrote all these questions myself. We can come back to it at the end, there, okay? There are typical answers to that mm-hmm. where, you know, you eradicate, let's say, hunger or eradicate uh, disease, but that's, you go, then you're going to have a, other problems like overpopulation. I would say that a man would also bear a child. <laughs> So if a man and a woman are together yeah. uh, and they are husband and wife, our reproductive system- they Alternate. Yes. So like, you do not you know do. who would be the one that gets the child because okay. I think if that happens- Wow. You watch would, way too much science fiction. Of course I do, I'm a geek. Uh, but that would, that would, people would be more careful with kids. Probably. They will have less kids. Yep. Uh, people be more responsible, uh, less population. Go ahead. Especially in our region, men just want to have as many kids as possible, but I don't think they stop, pause, and, and, and think, what am I asking of yeah. my female and, partner? And can I take care of them? And do I have the means to and take I care could, yeah. of them? And so I think that if if I had a magic wand and I could do that, then uh, there is no such thing as the, uh, uh, the mom gives birth. Yeah. I think that will take away shame. Yeah. That will take away sexism, a lot of sexism. Yeah. Uh, because we we will be You will close a lot of doors. I will close a lot of problems yeah. that I think are are uh, can it's be a very fixed. Good one. Yeah, and um, I think it will equally divide the pressure of the social uh, you know, socially acceptance of mm. a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, both of them can work, but one can have a kid, one you know, it, it we have a lot of... Uh, people be more cautious. Cautious. Yeah. A lot of people will be more cautious and a lot of... I think it will give more... You're going to have more testa- more more estrogen as well. So mm-hmm. it will change your dynamic. Yeah. We'll still be man and woman, right? We will be equal, but not the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's very important for people to understand. I'm not asking. I'm not saying that we should be the same. We are equal, equal. yet we are not the same. So I think if may, if men had one chance of having kids... I think the word will be a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit different. Yeah, they'll know. They'll know yeah. what they'll be asking. A little bit different. What advice are you glad you never listened to? Don't climb a mountain. No, I mean that. I uh, yeah, I got that. But um, I think deeper, deeper. I've I've been told many times that I should not show who I truly am. I should change, hmm. or I should 
cap or I should cloak who I am. And Mo will tell you, like, from the first, he, he we've met 15 years ago, the first time he met me, I think he said, oh my God, me not. <laughs> Who's this nutcase? Who's this nutcase? In, in the nicest in, way. Yeah, but, but genuine nutcase. Yeah. Yeah, genuine. Good nutcase, because I'm that as well. Yeah, so. and we all are. But yeah. I, think, uh, our, I think we get a lot of pressure as women yeah. to fit in a specific box. Yeah. So I've heard a lot. Be that. You are to be this. Don't be too loud. Don't be too opinionated. Don't be too this. As soon as someone says to me, don't be too something, I'm like, Like, watch me. Watch me. I would never say that because I'm I'm not really a potty mouth like that. No. But as soon as someone challenges my borders, Mm. oh, I will fight tooth and nail. I do not like this idea that you have to for you to be to fit as a, a perfect Saudi yeah. girl. You May have. you be an example for all the girls growing up right now. And, I, and thank you. And it means a lot to me because I feel like I fight every day, Mo. Mm-hmm. I fight every day on social media to not have the button nose that everybody has, mm-hmm. to not have the straight hair that, that is the, the, the standard, to not have the big puffy lips that is from Dr. Joseph mm-hmm. or whatever. I fight every day to not fit the standard that people put on as a beauty standard or as a as a what a female is mm-hmm. so the best advice I, I i ignored is when i was told many times oh you have to straighten your hair or you have to do this or yeah. you have to do that or you're too loud or too opinion or 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 that's the best thing i ignored because mm-hmm. no one should dictate who you are and how you are absolutely respect not. yourself respect others and be the best original don't be a cheap copy of someone else. Yeah. Be the best original, best version of, of yourself, you. Yeah. Fly or drive? Fly or drive? Mm-hmm. Fly. Day or night? Day. Call or text? Meet. <laughs> Book or movie? Ooh, tough. Either or. Okay. Is that, does that make sense? That's fine. Yeah. Feared or loved? Loved. Heels or flats? If I'm hard, hard, I, I, I have schizophrenia with this because I love being like boy, like I need you quicker. Oh my god, I can't, I Heels can't. Barefoot. Beach or mountain? Pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, and and I know ah, how much you love it's, beaches. It's really, I love the beach. Beach. Denali or Everest? Everest. Momharag Islam. Oh my god, that's <laughs> you can't, you can't. You can't. No, you that, can't. That's a curveball. I have to ball. throw that one at you. You can't. Mo, I can't. It reminds me of the episode in Friends when Joey's like, um, so I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and then whatever you say is the one that's the right one. And he wants to know. And then the new one, the right one comes out. I thought you were like, Mo Islam. Oh my God, no, Mo's No, it's come. really hard. I mean, so Mo Mahadag is, is her brother. He's my brother and they're both like my brothers. Pizza, pasta. <laughs> Mo, you're killing me. Pasta. Pasta? Yeah. House music or hip hop? Hip hop. City or suburbs? Beach, <laughs> whatever is near the New York or London. It's tough because Iman, you wouldn't wow, believe this, but tough, but tough one, London. Jeddah or Dubai. Oh, oh you're killing me. Okay, killing I'll, me. I'll I'll spare you on that one. Pancakes or waffles? Neither. Go uh, go out or Apple TV and chill. I'm an Apple TV guy. I like both. It depends on it depends on, on the mood. It depends. depends. It's really hard, Mo. Last one. 90s or modern day? 90s. 100%. Let's wrap up. A note, a note to 10-year-old Raha. By the boots. Start. What if you wanted to start earlier? Yeah, start earlier. Uh, learn to let go faster. Not everybody that criticizes you is your enemy. 
because I have that tendency of feeling like whenever, because I'm so used to always fighting. I'm so, someone said that to me. He's like, you carry your armor so, for, you've been carrying your armor for so long, you don't know how to put them down and just be, you know, yeah. I, I've had to fight to be who I am for a long time. Yeah. So I would tell her to, not everybody's, you know, is an enemy. Wear sunblock. <laughs> That's a good one because I was with all the beach volleyball. Yeah, yeah. naughty with that. Never ever let anyone tell you what you can cannot achieve. Never, never. No matter what, your family, your parents, and the family that you choose are not even the ones that are your blood family are always the most important treasure you have on your health. Everything else can go. Uh, money goes, your youth, your your career, everything, um, family, even your health. Sometimes Does. the thing that stays are those around you, the, those who who really love you. So cherish that. I I would tell her live bigger. I've lived an amazing an amazing life, but I would tell her to even try to try to try to outdo your own dreams. Yeah. Try to try to. Um, live afraid of your dreams. I always yeah. tell people this, if you're not afraid, that's a very famous saying. If you're not afraid of your dreams, they're, they're not, not big, big enough. enough. Yeah. That's such a big statement. You need to have, you need to have a drive. The last thing, I, I have lots to tell myself when I was younger. The last thing I tell her is, um, failure is a rite of passage, not the end. Mm -hmm. If you fail, you get up and try again. There's no shame in failing. The only shame is in gi giving up. Yeah, yeah. Not, I, I would rather, and that's the reason why I went back to Denali, I would rather live with a failed attempt than give up. Yeah. 10 failed attempts yeah. than, than one give up. Because that's the type of person I chose to be. Yeah. So yeah. Well, honestly, thank you so much we, for I coming. I mean, Mo, I have to say, guys, really, he, I loved this. Besides the fact that I have a special place in my heart for, for, for Mo and his family. What you're doing is amazing. I think true voices are hard to find in a sea of fake, in a sea of silly. It's so nice to have a refreshing point of view of our culture. And I uh, wish you nothing but the thank best. You. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I don't take it lightly at all. Uh -huh. You're an inspiration. <laughs> it's been You're an inspiration fun. to me, honestly. You're an inspiration Aww. to me that, uh, that you did enough. something that, uh, you know, many people said, are you crazy? What are you doing? You're an inspiration to people in this country, younger girls, especially growing up, you know, if... I have a three-year-old now, and you know I'm going to tell him stories about you. Oh. And to, to you know, here is something that someone told you know someone told this this lady not to do something because her ideas were crazy. So it didn't it's going fit to change. Their ideals. It it didn't fit you know the norms yeah. and you know how people are accustomed to carry themselves in this country. Yeah. But no idea or dream should be too big, you know, for you to write off. Who are you to write yeah. off a dream? So if if my son wants to you know play for a Chelsea football club. I'm gonna give him the tools he needs to one day get there. Yeah. I will not write him write him off yeah. of that dream. So so that's why when I say it's an inspiration, I'm not just saying it because that's what people say. I actually mean it when it I say so it. And me. that's proof that you are my inspiration because it changed the way my mind work in dealing with my son growing up. Thank you. So thank you for you know you know taking time out of your day. Um, Pleasure. I I don't know what's next for you, but I know <laughs> we're gonna be hearing from you. You know, and I'm pretty sure it's gonna be on CNN. <laughs> I, well, um, I don't know. I just go with my what what I feel. Yeah. Just a lot of people live passionless, so I, you know, I live with passion. And you've known me for so long, and I hope I haven't changed. I hope I never change. No, you have not changed at all. <laughs> I hope I never change. Nothing, not even a wrinkle. And and honestly, Raha, like whatever you're doing, it's working. So uh, so just understand, you know, that 
that you're on the right track and you have been on the right track. Means a lot. For, 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 for over a decade now. And also, I want to say that, uh, thank you, Mo, and guys listening, international listeners, come visit us. Experience what it is to be in Saudi. Mm-hmm. Let us change your point of view. Yeah. Come make your own judgment. Come make your own judgment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. it's. Uh, we're really proud of uh, where we've reached. So please yeah. come and have a look. And yeah. uh, great words. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, this Thanks, is fun. Man. I love you. You're the best. Love you too, Mo. Yeah.